Believe in yourself. You are braver than you think, more talented than you know, and capable of more than you imagine. Roy T. Bennett, The Light in the Heart. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is the forest, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings playcast. Oh. All right, well, this is... This is going. You can actually keep talking. I don't. You've probably never listened to my podcast. Before. I have. Have you? Yeah. You have? Yeah. Oh my goodness. He's, so you know that it's that like anything can happen on it. Anything can no happen, and it's just kind of an. So uh, you're welcome uh, to. Is that Burger King or McDonald's? You can even it's keep hey, talking. It can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, your your podcast oh is goodness. just a mishmash of things All happening right. and people talking. Well, then let, let me introduce myself real quick too. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Silver Linings. Playcast, and I'm your host, Jamie Ward. As far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted about, to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. This is part seven of our special 100-parter, 100th episode. Uh, I think by this time, we have clearly established that we have passed the two-year anniversary on this podcast, even though the only other hypothetical uh, two-year anniversary we could have it might be on the 1st of July. Uh, I am here with a very special guest. We have somebody who is all the way here. I didn't even know what city he was from. He is apparently here with us from Arizona. The last time I ran to, into him, he was in Alabama, two very different states. He is uh, a writer, a comedian. He has worked at a comedy theater. He has been part of improv troops. Do you have any other credits you want to give me really quick? He is the former producer. I mean, I, I don't know how I feel, feel about saying, like, former producer. No, like he, like, he formally produced, but he is the producer of the web series Punching Below the Bible Belt. Uh, so please, please welcome to my podcast, Mr. Jesse Pollard. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And if you want to see what I'm up to now... Um, you can follow my social media. Uh, I, I so I am fantastic. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, no. I'm not trying to. Do it I, I just like I promise I will give you. We always, no. we always. Do. I, I didn't tell you the form. I'm, I'm stupid. Now I, now I've just like ruined. My own podcast. Never mind. Okay. The podcast isn't ruined. It's you, great. Usually I end the podcast by saying, "Where can we follow you?" Yeah. So then I felt I got nervous because I felt like you were going to give all the plugs for. No, I wasn't. Or... I, I I wasn't going to give the plugs. I, I was know. just going to say if you if you try and follow me what on social media. What credits would you have given? What? So nor, also normally though I do research my guests, so I have a write up. You were you were already visiting when we decided that. Uh, yeah. Because uh, you, you were visiting on podcast day, and this is about when I record, so we just decided it would, it would be fun to have you while I podcast. So what credits would you have given me? If I had called you up last week and been like, hey, we are going to Yeah, podcast. so I would have given you that I am the showrunner and creator of Punching Below the Bible Belt, which is a web series showcasing the best comics from around the South that you can find on YouTube. Uh, I would give you that. I am also part co-owner of Shenanigans Comedy Theater in Huntsville, Alabama. If you're in Huntsville, Alabama and you want comedy, that's the best place to go. 
There's lots of comedy shows, different kinds of comedy shows, not just straight stand-up shows. We do have improv shows as well. Uh, there's a lot of hybrid shows that happen too between stand-up and improv that are a lot of fun. Um, I think people would love to check those out. Yeah, um, you guys have some fun game shows. I've, I've, I've yeah. been out there. It's a very, one, I love, I love everybody involved in that theater. I've, oh, they're beautiful. They're great people. I think it is a... I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think that is a very special comedy theater yes. in the country. Yes. With the... Just the people making it what it is. Um, also, it made like the absolute most of that space. Because like, you look and, and you think it's going to be an office building. You come in and you feel, you, you get an awesome comedy vibe. Right. Uh, from, I, didn't, I didn't know that you were part of were you there from the beginning? Yeah, I was there from oh, the beginning. I did not know that. Yeah, I helped put in the. Uh, I helped with some of the putting into the chairs. So I got on a giant ladder and rigged up all the lights that you see awesome. in there. Yeah, and so the funny thing is, um, that place used to be a church. Really? So the back room where the stage is, they used to have a giant trough, like a horse trough, where they would baptize people in. No way. So under the comedy stage, trough. people have been baptized. Oh, and uh, uh, people have been baptized in other ways on the stage. But um, bump, right? No, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I think people, uh, that's, how, how long have they been? So, so I'm excited to, to learn that you are a uh, part owner and been there since the beginning, because I would love to ask you actually more questions about the theater, too. Absolutely. Uh, how, like, how did it come about? Where... So the theater was originally, so the theater itself was originally in Somerville, Alabama, and so with it being in Somerville, Alabama, the two people that owned it before I came on board uh, was Jessica Cotton and Kimberly Wilson, and they're, they're two great people, and they're fantastic to work with. And so working with them was a lot of fun because uh, I helped out and kind of volunteered at the theater in Somerville, and we did improv shows with our troupe there, Don't Fear the Weasel. Uh, so it was a lot of fun, but they realized that instead of doing a theater in Somerville, Alabama and only getting, you know, the, the small demographic there, they could make the theater a nonprofit and give back to the community in more ways and move it to Huntsville where it would have a bigger impact. So they moved it to Huntsville and they, you know, me and Kim did stand-up together and they brought me on board and so I'm currently the volunteer coordinator. Uh, so I coordinate everybody that helps out on the weekends and we have a phenomenal group of volunteers that give up their time to see a comedy show for free, but also help out behind the concession stand or in the ticket booth. And sometimes we have people that volunteer and run sound. So there's a lot of things that can be done that people help out with. Uh, but it's a great community that's been established, and a lot, of the, a lot of the comics help out, and they're really involved in it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really become this community of like people working in the... Can I ask you a controversial comedy question? You, sure. You don't... I understand that you were not prepared for any of this, so you can answer as diplomatically as you like. Uh, and also, no, nobody listens to my podcast, so there is no stakes. But I'm just, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious too, right? Um, and I'm just curious about the politics uh, of of comedy in your state, basically, because like, and I'm from Atlanta, uh, but it's just because some of the cities I've been, different cities have different comedy politics. There are. At least last I checked, there was two clubs in Huntsville, right? Not that far geographically from one another. Are that is correct. Do, are yes. comics allowed to work multiple locations? So, or so they, I we will, don't have to name the others either. I just, I'm so just, I will I'm tell you. So I will tell you because I don't want to. I don't want to cause any drama. Um, because I'm not currently there, so I'm not there to like sure, sure. field any of that. But I will tell you, the other location does have uh, four headlining 
comedians a non-compete. So, uh, and they do that for all their locations. Okay. So, so because they're a bigger, uh, like, 350-seat venue, so they get, you know, they, they get national touring comedians, which we, we get a few, which I have no idea when this comes out, but it's probably going to come out after the fact. But we did book MC Chris this Monday, if you know who that is. He's a nerd uh, comedy mm-hmm. rapper, like, nerdcore. Like, Absolutely. he's awesome. super awesome. And so he's, like, one of our biggest gets so far, and we're super excited to have him. Um, but we had to explain to him that if you book with us, the other venue will not book you because they have a non-compete. Is there a time frame? Is it, is it like a never non-compete? Or so, like, okay, so in Atlanta, the last I heard when I was talking to the owners, mm-hmm. there, was sort, there was sort of like, uh, if you work at one of the clubs, you had to wait a year to work the other. But, it, but like, he meant it in the most reasonable way, too. Like, if these people are bringing in their fans... Uh, to right. see them, they don't want to dilute the draw of that comic, so they just didn't want, uh, you know, to have somebody that had booked, yeah. you know, six months ago. They wanted to sort of give it a year, but they. Uh... Uh, I don't know the clause for how long it is because okay. I'm not a I'm not a well established enough comic. But I did before I I was a co-owner of Shenanigans. I did work at the other club for a oh, little while. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but that was that was short lived, um, and I, I don't care about saying this part. But they uh, it was hilarious because it's hilarious to me. But they ghosted me. Okay. So I worked there, and so but the funny thing is, so I worked there, and so I told them, hey, I I working nights and weekends to make extra money, mm-hmm. and I worked in the box office. Nights and weekends is what I can do. So I told them I am not available to work weekdays. So there was one day I was working on a Tuesday, and I get a call at, like, noon, because normally I was supposed to be there at 10, and they were like, hey, where are you at? And I'm like, I'm at work. What do you need? And they're like, oh, you're supposed to be here today. And I said, no, I can't work. And at that time, I didn't have a login to the scheduling system anyway. Like, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't. I had, to, I had to look at the calendar on the board on Sunday night when I left for mm-hmm. the week to see what it was. So if they changed that in the scheduling system that you logged into, I had no way of knowing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I couldn't see that. Um, so I finally got access two weeks after that incident because they were like, you weren't here and we, we had a delivery show up and they didn't, weren't able to deliver because mm-hmm. you weren't. And I'm like, well, I was working, not my fault. So two weeks later, two weeks after that problem happened, I got a log into the system. Uh, yeah. so, so then mm-hmm. uh, about three or four weeks after that, um, I wasn't scheduled on the scheduling system in the system. I just wasn't on there. And I didn't say anything to them because at that point I didn't really care. Okay. Because um, I just, it was extra money. I didn't really need the money. So then um, I waited. That must be nice. Who I just, I just waited. I just, so nice. right? I just waited. And then they never put me on the schedule. That's right. Again. I'm doing an interview here with uh, future co-owner of, Je- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, uh, so, so I think, my view of, of the comedy clubs, because I do know cities, and I've worked in cities uh, right. where the clubs very much are. It's like, you are in this camp, or you are in this camp. And I felt lucky that Atlanta was, a, was, was one where it's like, camps, they preferred, uh, oh, I was about to make a really and, uh, bad joke. But, uh, I went to the same place. Well, hey, you're a denier. Wait, where, what place were you going? What place, I'm, I'm, well, I have ADD, so I went to concentration. Get out, sir. Actually, I just I just said something similar, so we both have to leave. We both have to leave. And this is why I do the podcast by myself most of the time, or I have no. No, I was uh, I was gonna do a exactly. Would you say the podcast is online? A uh, 
Oh, I should have told you though too before I began. It is a PG thirteen podcast at most, and I, so please don't say any hard uh, curse words. You can say you can feel free to say dang. You can say crap. Yeah. Okay. Can, you can, can I say dummy? Can I say any you of the say curse words? Shoot. Can I you say them? Can say frick. You can uh, say wait. Darn. Wait. You can but, say. But can I say frick with a hard R, or does it have no, to be a soft sir. A? You may say either of those, but if you uh, draw uh, any allusion metaphorically to any other situations, that really puts it in the PG-13 plus or minus category. Okay. We're getting very PG-13, close. I would ask uh, now you is this very respectfully uh, not to um, walk up to the line. Like, that's no. the thing. I, throw, I sort of put the line out so people sort of know. I don't want to walk up to your line. Swim. I don't want to offend your five listeners, okay? Okay. I, I don't. Thank you. It's four, actually. Hey, that wasn't but, a uh, script. <laughs> wow. So, oh, now, now I do have a question, a... though. Is this a, is this the early 90s PG-13 or like a 2010 PG-13? Because those are, those are different. Because early I mean, 90s. What are you talking about? It's you TV-14. Uh, early early 90s PG-13. You could show titties once, like... You could, but you can't say it. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you could, you couldn't reference them. They could be in the background. They're like, you're like, oh, there's some titties over here. Uh, so, let's move to a totally different topic, so I can get myself back in the podcast safety zone. Uh, the yeah. Ninja zone. No, actually, okay, no. Let's let's remain there for a second because one of the things I always think is funny is, do you know what? Do you know what the original Top Gun film, the uh, 1986 Top Gun, was rated? What? Do you know what the MPAA rating was of the original? PG-13? PG. PG. It's a PG film. <laughs> it's great. Which is a bit, because that was sort of like early, I'm guessing it was like earlier in the days of the Ranger was like, we don't know, there's not technically anything wrong, like there's never any like, uh, but, but if you look at the language, like here's the thing too, I actually, I get it too, because anybody that was watching it sort of through the gaze of it being, uh, and I hate saying this, but like historical movie, it's all like, oh my right, god, right. it's kind of dated, right? Eighty six. Right. It's it's two thousand twenty two right now, right? Uh, so they say they, you know, there's no there's no f bombs in it, but there's uh, you know, um, pretty much everything under that. Uh, there is one of the most disturbing uh, love scenes that I've ever seen portrayed in a film, um, which is totally trauma. Not even that explicit. Just just really uncomfortably shot. Yeah. Uh, and it, um, to the point that it has scarred me to the, what are we talking about? I am a podcast that is, is focused on talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, and we haven't even gotten to that. Uh, so, so Jesse, you haven't even seen Silver Linings Playbook, have you? No. Is there a reason you don't want to be happy? Misery loves company. So I figure if I can, like, find other people that haven't watched the movie, we can be sad together. But uh, if you found that you don't need other people to be happy, uh, then you wouldn't need company. But I don't want to have to, like, watch the movie once a week to maintain my main line of happiness. I would then suggest that maybe uh, there is a happiness that could be learned from understanding the lessons from this from 
I almost said The Silver Linings Playbook, Silver Linings Playbook, The Silver Linings Playbook is the book, Silver Linings Playbook is the movie uh, that, that are actually sort of lifelong lessons that extend beyond um, a, a week's time. Okay. Possibly? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, any movie that leaves you with a, a like, it makes you think, and it leaves you with like, oh wow, that kind of changes your and and, and changes your worldview on things. Uh, it could be uh, a great movie. Absolutely. Uh, what is your favorite movie? What are some of your favorite movies? What like what genre do you like? What are you into? What are you watching, man? Uh, so I I I I am I am opposite ends of the spectrum. I either like like really good um, comedy like. And that could be any genre of comedy. Like, I'm a fan of all comedy, so I like really dumb slapstick comedy kind of movies, like Dumb and Dumber. I think is a brilliant piece of cinema history. Um, but I really like comedy that makes you think as, as well. Um, like yes Man, I think Yes Man was a great movie. Obviously, I'm a fan of Jim Carrey. I mean, you probably noticed that by the What's time. your favorite Jim Carrey movie? Yes Man, hands down. Okay. All right. I love that movie. Um, but I also like movies that kind of like mess with you and fuck you up. This is also a Jim Carrey movie, but it's uh, Eternal Sunshine. You just dropped an F bomb, my oh. friend. It's okay, though. I'm just, it's okay. I'm sort of no, Okay. I just want to give a reminder, though. If you yeah. If you I clear. Yeah. Speaking it's okay because there's, there's no ramifications because I can't really lose listeners or violate uh, FCC terms because of podcasting, but uh, right. I do want uh, to remind myself to put that an explicit. That, that was on, on one for the entire one. for the yeah. entire series. It is. It's just yeah. Uh, but Eternal Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I don't know if you've seen it, but it was a great movie. There's so there's something actually ironic about that. Yeah. One of the most, and I'm I don't want to use the word traumatic lightly, but I want to say one of the worst relationships that I had in my life. I'm not I'm not trying to talk poorly of. I don't know what, just, uh, there was a relationship that I was in one time, uh, when I was much younger, uh, that, w- um, was memorably bad, it went memorably south, and, but one of the funny things I think is that her favorite movie of all time was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Which is somewhat ironic, I believe, because that means that uh, I don't. Rem- I, I know I watched it and liked it originally when it came out, but now whenever it's referenced, it is synonymous with the person. Right. To the best of my memory, because I don't totally remember, but uh, the yeah. movie is not. Is that not about sort of like erasing the it's, memories yeah. uh, so that he can get over? Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's basically about uh, it, it establishes a relationship between these two people, and the relationship kind of falls apart. They had brief moments of intense love, um, but it fell apart, and so she moves on, and then he finds out that like she erased all memory of him, so he goes to do the same thing, and then he tries to stop the process, um, and it's beautifully done and shot. But I, I, my question that I will pose to you is: Do you think? There is a event that could happen that would make you lose your love for the Silver Linings Playbook or the Silver Linings Playbook the book. An event that could make me lose like similar my how you how you remember watching Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and you were like that's a pretty good movie but then 
based on what happened, your association with that movie soured. And um, so, I don't think so. Probably okay. not. Uh, because that's not how my associate. Because I don't even really remember. Like, I don't remember Sunshine, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless okay. Mind. Yeah. Um, I just remember that I watched it. And I liked it, but I had it had always been one that I wanted to go back and watch. And then one day it hit me, I, and it's not. I didn't even make this observation. I was telling one of my friends, and he started to laugh. And he's like, Jamie, do you realize the irony of what you were just saying? Also, I'm more offended that she would think that was her favorite movie of all time. Um, you know, my favorite Jim Carrey movie. I'm, I'm asking. That's that's sort of rhetorical because, like, how would you know my favorite Jim Carrey? Movie? I like The Mask. I think The Mask is yeah. a highly underrated. I'm gonna say comedy at all. Oh yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, it's super like, especially like, it's a superhero comic book movie. Yeah. That has all the superhero story conventions in it. It's, but also it was like, um, people talking about like, oh, these Marvel movies are so funny now. They, they, you know, the Spider-Man movies are so funny now. Like, right. The Mask was a comedy. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that, I think The Mask originated the superhero comedic tropes. Do you? In, in, in cinema, yes. Not in comic books, because they, ex- they have existed for a long time. But I, before The Mask, I can't remember a kind of an archetype superhero movie that had as much comedy in it. I can't think of one. Let's, well, uh, let's see what... Um, that I mean, was like an early 90s movie, right? So the, one of the only comic book superhero... So... So do you know the story about uh, Batman, the the Michael Keaton, the Tim Burton Batman? It was supposed to be a lot darker, right? Well, okay, so maybe so. What I've heard on different podcasts, and I think, and, and I've heard the story reiterated. I I sort of set this up wrong. It's not so much of a story. It's more that um, what is it? Warner Brothers took the wrong lesson from Batman, right? Uh, this is actually something I heard on. The, have you ever heard of the uh, Blank Check podcast? Mm-hmm. It's a great film talking podcast, but they were talking about how... dedicated uh, to the movie Blank Check? Kind of. Um, and... Great movie. Uh, the Batman pod... Like, no, I was about to say Batman podcast. So, the... I believe it was like 99, 89 or 99, somewhere in there, Right the original Tim Burton Batman, Michael Keaton, it was sort of like one of the first modern era really good, successful comic book movies, superhero movies. Um, Warner Brothers, I believe it was Warner, because Warner Warner and DC have been together, right? But whatever, whoever it was that owned it saw that, and they did not take the lesson that, oh, everybody is responding positively because they love Batman, they thought, oh, everybody loves a depiction of a classic 1960s comic book noir. So instead of doubling down into Batman the franchise, and that's why there was, like, Batman Returns follow-up, but then it, like, takes this weird sidetrack with Joel Schumacher films, um, and this comic book sort of lost their footing for a while until X-Men brings it back up to to quality, or maybe the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans, but... but, um, the follow-up comic book movies are then, like, The Phantom uh, with um, Titanic guy. Uh, ben Affleck? No. No. Um, yeah, I'm Ben Affleck. his name. 
No, uh... Because there's a scene in Jay and Silent Bob movie where they go, Ben Affleck, you were the bomb in Phantom, yo. Yeah, yeah, uh, Billy Zane. Oh, you're talking about Billy Zane, okay. Yeah, the, fa- the uh... And also, um... The Shadow. Uh, with Alec Baldwin. So they were, they were just like, oh, we just need to find other comics that were successful from that same era back, uh... Like, yeah. when comics were all detectives, and like, more detectives than superheroes, and make sort of noir adventures for them, instead of being like, oh, no, it's the characters that people love, like, one character, and they want to follow them through the continuing adventures. Right. Which, I don't know, I, like, I, are you a Marvel fan? Are you a fan of the Marvel movies? Oh, yeah, I've seen them all. Do you, all the were you too. a fan of the comics, or did you, like... Did so, you I was Marvel a fan of the comics. I haven't read all the comics, um, but I have, but uh, I was a big fan of the Spider-Man comics, and... The Iron Man comics and Doctor Strange. Were you a fan of the Iron Man comics? Yeah. This is so. So, were you a fan of Iron Man before Iron Man, um, the movie? Yeah, I loved Iron Man the movie. Yeah, but no. But I'm saying you're a fan of Iron Man before Iron Man the movie. Yeah. I. Well, you have just invalidated one of my comedy premises. I was always trying to get started and couldn't get to work. Um, about like nobody. No, but like, I always was trying to make a joke about like how the Avengers was stupid because uh, nobody was really a fan of any of those characters. The Hulk was probably like the most famous yeah. of them prior to that, but like I had never met somebody that had read an Iron Man comic before. <laughs> I'm I wasn't even trying to be mean. I used yeah. to watch the Iron Man cartoon. Oh yeah, it was great. From back in the early nineties, yeah. and and like Silver Surfer. Like, there was, they tried to get all these, like, there's been lots of attempts to get these different comic book properties into, like, continuing TV or film universes, and I I think it was just really, uh, from my view, it was that the first Tobey Maguire, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, I believe, that sort of kicked off the modern era of superhero movies. Yeah. I'll tell you, the original Avengers, Mm -hmm. Mystery Men. Was that was that a com- based on a comic book? I think so. I don't I don't remember for certain, but I think it was based on a comic book. Interesting. Yeah. I love that movie. It's such a good movie. Hank Azaria is in it. Yeah. Um, but oh, okay. So this is Ben Stiller's uh, one of the main big people, right? It's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, Ben Stiller's in that? it. It's got uh, Hank Azaria, Ben Stiller, um, Janine Van Ruffalo. It's got uh, Kel Mitchell, mm-hmm. and then it's got uh, the guy that's the she's the she plays the shoveler, and he's an older guy. He's got a mustache, I think. Um, Sam Elliott. No, 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 not Sam Elliott. Okay. No, he's uh, oh, I can picture his face. Older, is he a guy that's played older guys? Like he's known for being an older guy character. Older. Kind guy? of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, God. I that's, that's okay. Um, that's enough. I remember, uh, I mean, like, that's, that's, uh, I don't remember, um... Oh, Pee Wee Herman was in it. Oh, yeah, that's right, Paul Rubens. Yeah, Paul Rubens, he was I the Flashlands guy. Um, oh, that was a fun movie. That was a really, that was a good, uh... Yeah. Comedic movie. That was a weird thing, too, where I thought, like, the modern era of comic books... Okay, so actually I could be wrong, too, because, um... I don't know who, I think it was a Brian Singer or something, but the, so the X-Men movie started, uh, with, with, like, with Patrick Stewart and, right. and, 
and um, Greatest Showman. And, uh, Hugh Grant. Yeah, um, Hugh Jackman. He... So that sort of uh, started superhero... Do you remember if that was before or after the, the Spider-Man thing? Maybe it was around the same time? Um, so I, 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 if I remember correctly, it was Spider-Man and then it was X-Men. It sucks because I feel like that is still so, uh, so current. Like, I feel like all those things just came out, too. And they've, and not only that, like, they, they finished off the new Spider-Man round of franchise recently. And I still feel like they just started these. That's why I have such bad, uh, sort of, like, yeah. concept. So, Tom Holland time. is still going to be Spider-Man. They're just rebooting what he does and who he is. Yeah, well, I'm saying, like, that cycle of, uh... Mm-hmm. Story yeah, Sam, um, uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man was, I believe, the first to really do it because I worked at, at a theater back in Huntsville when it came out. I worked at Hollywood 18, and it was nuts. Everybody was going crazy. To see Spider-Man swinging through the city like that was mind-blowing, and everybody lost their shit when it happened in the theater. Like Everybody was like, <gasps> Okay, we're going to have to take it down to a full PG. I'm just, okay. I'm just kidding. Like, no, I'm... I'm I'm not kidding. I'm trying to say it jokingly. I know, I know. I'm, uh, we've used that one and a half. We're right there. It's weird. I know. I, I feel like an asshole now because I gave rules at the beginning of this podcast saying there's almost no rules. It's uh, fine. But I've also, I've also, most of the people I've interviewed, too, I want to say have been, um, how can I say this diplomatically, uh, not millennials. Yeah understandable so and I'm, I'm that weird cusp millennial as well a weird cusp millennial yeah because I'm like I'm on the cusp of Gen X but I'm a millennial because I'm 39 elder millennial yeah that's what they call them I think yeah yeah but what, uh, what year were you born 83 I was born in 83 because you were earlier in the year than I was so I guess at some point we at some points we are the same age if we're only going over off of the age number. Yeah. But maybe you just have a slight head start on me on. Uh, but not much. Anyway, I don't. Uh, do, do you do you feel like you align more with Gen X or with Xennials? Because I feel like the millennial generation um, wants to be anything but itself. Yeah, I I mean I align more with Gen X for sure. But I, I have the uh, I have a bit of that rough edge kind of like I'm a little jaded about the world, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't have this, and I don't think millennials have it either. Really, I don't think I don't think millennials have like a wistful, like hopeful, like oh one day things are gonna be great, you know. I don't think they have that either. But I'm just kind of like I'm just gonna slog through life and make the most of it. Did you have a pager in little school? No. Did you have the internet? Yes. Okay. Well, we, well, we had AOL dial-up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that was my next question specifically. It was like, did you have yeah. AOL? Yep. Uh, I, I got it in little school, but we didn't really have access. Like, I am one of those people that's family did use those 500 free hours or something on oh, one yeah. of those samples yep. one time. Uh, yeah, I made friends in AOL chat rooms. Is it lifelong friends, or was that... I have uh, no, back then, yes, but no. 
What's it? I never did. So I'm. Uh, are you? Are you an online? Ga- you are an online gamer. Yeah. Right. Uh, what do you do? You play uh, what MMORPGs? I used to play WoW, but I don't play a lot of those anymore. The problem I have with MMORPGs is it's a time suck. Mm-hmm. I love games that I can play with friends that have that I, that can that can end, and I don't feel like I need to go back in and do stuff. But I can go back in and do stuff. Like when I play survival, uh, like survival games with friends, I know that we can stop, and it's not that. And I know the world isn't going to keep going on, and I'm going to lose out. Like when when you play WoW, you're trying to grind levels. If you're not playing and grinding those levels. Everybody else around you is going to be going up levels, and you're going to be left in the dust. And then, do you want to hear something weird? I get again, kind of ironic, right? Um, Do you remember uh, Ultima Online? Yes. Okay, I wanted to play that so badly. That was uh, that was one of the earliest examples I remember of what would become modern day MMORPG. It was you know it was an online RPG. Now I logged on one time and when I realized that there was other real live people I got so shy uh, that I stood in a corner and logged off immediately and it was like this is way too scary yeah and I'm, I'm only saying that I already, I'm like I'm not trying to like uh, disparage playing uh, like online communities I love them I've, I've slowly learned to become comfortable enough to like engage a little bit in it but I think right. it's just sort of ironic that a lot of people look at it as like oh that's where people that, that are afraid to be social go they go play video games online like I was terrified by the social aspect of gaming right. and that's, I was like I gotta get uh, off like I can't I can't like yeah, everybody's just gonna like slash my person well, and and the funny thing about that is there are people like that and and like some mm-hmm. games it's kind of a necessity that you voice chat like because mm-hmm. it's because, like, if you're playing a game like WoW and you have friends, it's so much easier to voice chat instead of typing, hey, we need to go to this cave at yes. this coordinates and do this raid at this time and all that stuff. So voice chat can be a big turnoff to people because it's sometimes you just meet someone and they help you out. You're like, hey, let's be friends, and you start talking. But if you don't know them, a lot of people can be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't know you. I don't want to talk to you. Fuck that. All right, this is going to have to be the most highly edited podcast <laughs> That, uh, it's okay. Um, the good thing is, so the way this podcast usually goes is it comes out by Thursday. I record them on Wednesdays because I don't trust myself to not do it until the last minute on Thursday. So I actually, I'm way ahead of the game by doing it. This is when I normally try to most of the time. Actually, so let's transition topics now because I usually give a little update about what's going on in my life. In the last couple episodes I've been talking about, uh, I haven't even been able to commit to good full episodes because I have been so busy working on something that, oh my goodness, finally came to fruition. Yes. In the last couple days. As as, uh, many of you listeners, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say have been writing on in the past because... You were my fellow writers uh, in the Red Room. Yes, so this last Monday and Tuesday, there was finally, finally footage shot for a proof of concept for the, uh, for the TV concept that, that uh, we developed a couple years ago that we have talked about so many times on the podcast that I have had my good friends uh, Nick and Conrad both come on and talk about. Uh, we got to film with an amazing 
crew this weekend. We all, we all, I say weekend, it was technically actually the beginning of the week. We, we all got up on Monday and convened at 9 at, uh, at the Loose Caboose in Lafayette, and we spent all day shooting, and then we went to the Astro Studios on Tuesday and shot some more scenes. Um, and my guest... Mr. Jesse Pollard actually uh, had a role. He was here. He was uh, playing an incredible, incredible comedic performance by him. Can't wait to see how that uh, shows up. How was your experience? How, like, what, what did you take away from the uh, filming? Have you, have you been on sets before? Uh, I've been what? on, a, I've been on a few sets before. Um, many smaller uh, productions, and I've been on uh, one TV set before, and then I was on a couple of sets for commercials and one set for a promo. For the old TV show, I say old, it's years ago, not that long ago, but, but the Headless Horseman-like TV show or whatever they filmed. Uh, I was Sleepy in, Hollow? Sleepy on, Hollow? Uh, on Fox? On CW, yeah. Or, yeah, Fox, you're running, yeah. Yeah, so we, we filmed a local promo uh, for our local Fox affiliate, and I was a part of that. Oh, really? Got, That's really cool. Yeah, That's I got chased by the Headless Horseman. I a, didn't know it worked that way, so... so the local affiliate shot its own promo for the for the spot for the national yeah. television show. I wonder if they. I mean, I guess that's that's how they do that. I didn't realize. I always assumed that the that the that Fox would send out all the promotional materials they want. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, I got I got called and cast in it, and I played guy running away uh, number two. I think. That's really? Oh wait. But, now, I never saw that show. Was that a historical show? I know the original Sleepy Hollow was uh, set in the uh, early I will days, tell you, I never watched that show either. Well, I was asking, did you wear a costume? Uh, oh, oh, for the piece? Yes. I dressed period uh, appropriate. Actually, what, what period? Was it like colonial? Was it yeah, like I dressed up in colonial garb. I had a colonial shirt and pants and colonial boots. How, how did this uh, film set compare to working for already on a TV uh, well, I will tell you, this film set uh, was a little bit warmer. <laughs> that that film set was shot at night with a bunch of backlit stuff. So it was, uh, and it was shot during the fall in Alabama. So it was pretty cool. It felt nice. But overall, the experience on this set was a lot better because that one was just kind of a bunch of like, okay, we're staging all this stuff, and then you just kind of sit over here with two other people for like, uh, we sat around for like. I four didn't hours. pay him to say that, folks. In fact. I wasn't even able to pay him at all. This is a very low budget. Okay, yep, yep, we got uh, two minutes left on the timer. Is that good? All right. Well, uh, have you ever listened to the Hot Breath podcast? I have, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you know how he always, um, Joel. Joel. Did you know Joel Byers before the Hot Breath podcast? Or yeah, I've met him before. He performed at our club. Excellent, yeah, I love Joel. I, I started comedy. Uh, with him, he's fantastic. I'm so yeah, I'm he's so a super nice. Glad guy. about how his podcast is blown up because I loved it when it it started. Um, and he always gets to about this point, and he always like, uh, let's let's land this comedy plane. I don't have such a a catchphrase um, when I sort of try to give an indication. It's time to to wrap up. But so I will ask you uh, the questions that I ask every guest on this podcast. And yes. It is even funnier when they haven't seen the movie. I want you to answer as authentically as you can. Great. All right. Um, what point of Silver Linings Playbook do you feel like uh, the character Pat fell in love with Tiffany? So I, I will say the, the point that they fell in love, 
I think, was the pinnacle scene outside of uh, that diner shot that I've heard so much about. So I, so I think as they were exiting the diner, they turned and they locked eyes, and their eyes had some, some, some sort of warm soul embrace where they just knew, like, hey, uh, I, think, I think you wear, like, a, a, a potato sack trash bag thingy, and that's adorable to me. And I love you. And they, that, that's the pinnacle moment where they fell in love was that eye lock outside the diner. All right. Well, okay. So you're normally asked the question, when do you think Pat fell in love with Tiffany? And then my second question is when Tiffany fell in love with Pat, you sort of answer, like, answer that's when they fell in love. Do you, so do you think that's when Tiffany fell in love with Pat as well? I think it was, but she didn't admit it to herself until later. Okay. Not bad. Not a bad answer from somebody who has never... Seen it. Uh, and then the final and most important question, the reason I really started this podcast, do you think it can be a date if I order Raisin Bran? Yes. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to uh, Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, it is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Please tune in next week and every week. Next week, we have a very special, it's part eight of our special 100-parter, 100th episode here. And it might actually be our full two-year anniversary. Uh, let me thank my guest, Mr. Jesse Pollard. Thank you so much for coming on. Is Thanks there so any much. place that we can find you, upcoming work or, or social media you want to plug? Tell us, tell us what you want to know. So if you would like to hear me and see my face, because you're like, that voice is amazing, you can catch me on Twitch at secret underscore 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 tunnel. That is secret three underscores tunnel. Um, and I'm terrible at branding, but I am on uh, Instagram, my just personal Instagram. You can follow me there, at Pictured Fragments. Uh, I post uh, a funny meme I see about once a month. Uh, every now and then you'll see a picture of a cat or a dog. Uh, very infrequently post there, uh, so you won't be inundated with things about me. Um, if you want to follow anything I do on Twitch, Tunnel Stream, uh, on every social media. And you can check us out there. And that is it for me. Uh, but I will say, uh, keep following uh, what Jamie is up to because he's got some cool things in the works and I'm excited for them. And I am happy that I was able to be on this podcast. Thank you so much. This Absolutely. Cool. Thank you so much for you come back and be a guest on our podcast again at some point. Sure. Perfect. Thanks. Uh, thank you. Seriously, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this, uh, the podcast, the Silver Linings Playcast. You guys know I say it all the time, but let's say it one more time. As far as I know, the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. Uh, we will see you guys next time. But until then, we will see you down the road at Excelsior. He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane. Keeping energy really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play cast.